Howdy friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and would love to welcome you back to the No Boundaries International podcast. So as a reminder, this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, training, and outreach. So just as a reminder, we do this by using a combination of exploring biblical principles and then also taking a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration CPR style e-course. And then we have tons and tons and tons of discussions surrounding what it truly means to follow Jesus in these areas. So then in today's episode, we of course will have our No Boundaries International co-founder and vice president, Sandy Orchard. Hello. So woohoo. Welcome back, Sandy. (laughs) Thank you. And we're excited because for today's episode, what we want to do is we want to take a look at Galatians chapter 5, but not just the part that talks only about the fruit of the Spirit. We want to look at chapter 5 as a whole. And then after that, we'll kind of look at verses 22 and 23 that do talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And we love the fruit of the Spirit. We love this uh, concept of, of how we're supposed to live, what's supposed to come out of us. And so at No Boundaries, at our organization, we use um, the fruit of the Spirit as kind of one of our bumpers for how we as followers of Jesus are supposed to live. So in our Journey of Restoration e-course, we talk a lot about this. And then one, so one of our bumpers is the fruit of the Spirit. And then the other one is going to be Philippians 4, verse 8, that tells us what we're supposed to think about. Mm-hmm. But for today's purposes, we're just going to focus on Galatians chapter 5 and specifically the fruit of the Spirit. So just to give you guys kind of a heads up. And if you want any more information on that as how we describe it as our bumpers, then please go to www.nbint.org and under the restoration tab is where you'll find our e-course. e-course. Yep. And then you can sign up for that. It's super helpful. So to kind of kick us off, I think whenever we look at the fruit of the spirit, if you're someone who's like grown up in church or you go to VBS, which I have never been to VBS, by the way. Vacation Bible School. Yes, a vacation Bible school. I never got to do that. In (laughs) fact, I just now learned that that's not for adults. What? Are you serious right now? Yes, I was shocked. I was like, everyone's gone to VBS. Maybe we should go to one this year. And the team was like, Molly, that's not for for grown women. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my bad. Anyway, but what I've heard is if you've grown up going to things like Vacation Bible School and you've grown up in the church, that at some point, uh, people who've experienced that, they've, they've memorized the fruit of the Spirit. Well, a lot of them have. I, I'm did one you? of those strange ones that I did not. You did I don't know if I slept through that class or <laughs> I blocked Just it out or something, it. but I, did, I never memorized it, no. You don't know the song? Uh-uh. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so we're in this boat, but a lot of people then have grown up and like had this memorized or they have a little song about it. And then for those of us or who slept through that class who just didn't get it as a kid or it wasn't taught, whenever you get into the church and you get into a community, like this is just something that we talk about a lot. And it's just something that I think sometimes we just kind of go through really quickly. Like, okay, love, peace, patience, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, great. And then move on. But yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's like if you don't slow down and really think about it, it kind of can be, it kind of can remind you of like stating the Girl Scout motto, you know, right. where you just kind of roll it off your tongue and you're like, 
what did I just say? I have no idea what all that meant. You know? Yes. Or you don't really get the true implications of what it means yeah. to have the fruit of the spirit. But when you have the fruit of the spirit and you're walking in the fruit of the spirit, what you're really walking in is in the life of the spirit, because then you have the evidence of the Holy spirit working inside of you. So which revolves around love, which revolves around love. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is we really want to just read Galatians chapter five as a whole, and then we'll break down kind of each section of scripture and just have a little bit more discussion surrounding it. So with that, first off, Sandy, can you tell us what the fruit of the spirit are? <laughs> sure. Only because it's right here in front of me because I don't <laughs> memorize them. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. So that's nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are nine fruit of the spirit. So great. Just wanted to get that out there. So let's go ahead and kick things off. We know the fruit of the spirit. And so now let's see what it is in context of whole the whole chapter five. So Cindy, will you go ahead and read Galatians chapter five? Sure. So it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You uh, who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in, cut in on you to keep, keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And quote, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough, unquote. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am preaching circumcision, then why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft— hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, ambition, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Oh, that's so good. And I know that that's a lot 
of scripture. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a big chunk of passage passage, but I think it's just so important that we touch on the whole thing. So before we jump to the end where it does talk about the fruit of the spirit, I really think that we need to discuss the beginning of the chapter. And I think sometimes we speed right through this part or we don't get it. And so we just jump to the parts that talk about the fruit But really the beginning here sets us up for what we need to know how to live life by the Spirit in the first place and how that even works. And then it really touches on how even Jesus made a way for all of that to happen. And I know it talks about how religion doesn't get you where, like by itself, doesn't get you where it needs to go. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's very clear here that you can't just go through the motions of of checking the boxes in religion and get mm-hmm. where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is we want to look at the beginning of this chapter. So verses one through 12, and I'll read it again. Um, but I'm going to read it in the message because I think it helps. So again, this is Paul talking to the church. So this is the letter, like a letter to the church, which is a letter that we then are the church. And so we need to hear this as well. Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk about Galatians verses 1 through 12 right there in the beginning before we jump too much further in. So it says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I am emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at the same moment, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. I repeat my warning. The person who accepts the way of circumcision trades all of the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and your projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior, faith expressed in love. You were running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. And please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect, but the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment." As for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre-Damascus road days, that is absurd. Why would I still be persecuted then? If I were preaching that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. But it would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Why don't these agitators, obsessive as they are about circumcision, go all the way and castrate themselves? Yikes. (laughs) Again, that's a big chunk of scripture, but I think it's so important. But Sandy, this seems super intense. Yeah, it really does. And um, I think there's several things going on here. Well, actually, there's a lot of things going on here. But I think, uh, first of all, you have Paul, the author. And you have to remember, so like Paul, who used to be a rabbi, and he came to know Christ. So now he had gone to the area of, of Galatia in a prior trip. And then he he leaves the church there in capable hands and he goes on some other travel. So now he's writing this letter because he's hearing some stories. And the stories are the Judaizers is what they call it in the 
in the Galatians text. Mm-hmm. And the Judaiz- Judaizers are like um, the Jewish people who have become Christian, but they've kind of like forgotten how they got there. And so they're saying, they're telling the Christians that like, in order for you to be a Christian, you have to convert to be a Jew first. Oh. And so they want them to like go backwards. Yeah. And so you have to remember, this is Paul. So Paul was, um, he was raised as a Jew, like completely Jewish um, with his family, with the traditions and everything. And he even went to like a rabbi school, even though they didn't call it that. that in essence, he was taught to be a rabbi. So he knows the Torah. He knows the law like backwards and forwards. And then obviously when you read the Bible, you you can read his experiences that he hated the Christians and his thing was uh, he didn't believe it was the right way. So he's out to kill them because he, he's that zealous for them. But as a Jew, especially as a rabbi, they were taught that you obey all six, 613 laws. Ooh. That's what your, your job is as a Jew. And so he goes on that road to Damascus and you can read that story. Um, he goes on that road to Damascus and has that encounter with Christ. So now he's realizing, here he is years later writing to the, to the Galatians, and he's telling them, listen, all that time that I spent obeying the law as a, as a Jewish person didn't do a thing for me. It didn't, didn't draw me any, it didn't draw me any closer to Christ. It didn't draw me any closer to God himself. And so what happened on the road to Damascus is he encountered Christ who, and so he was saved in that experience by the work of Christ, by the grace right. of Christ. Nothing that he, that he did, all those laws that he tried to, to work and to fulfill and he failed at, counted for nothing in his salvation. So now when the, like these, the Jewish people in Galatia are telling the young Christians, hey, you can't be Christian like that. You have to first convert to be a Jew, obeying all the laws, and then Ugh. maybe you'll be a Christian totally is against everything that he stands for. Right. And so, you know, the bigger question then, if you look at this whole Galatians thing is like, well, why do we have the law in the first place? Right. And so there's a lot of different angles with that. But number one, the, the law itself, it, it shows our need for a savior. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you look at when the law came about, it came through the experience of the Israelites leaving Egypt under Moses. So they've, the Israelites have been 400 years, that's, that's a lot that's of time, a long time. under uh, this pagan society with all these like hundreds of false gods. They get delivered through an act of a, a miracle of God, and Moses is with them. And so when they're out in the desert, they, you know, God gave them all these rules, all these laws, I should say. And so the Jewish mindset toward the law is that it's a beautiful thing because it's like instructions from God. And it's yeah. not seen as like a task where somebody's, you know, wagging the finger at you, you have to obey these laws. They, they really feel like it's a beautiful thing. And so if you read the Old Testament, God clearly says, I want a people set aside for myself. Mm. I want a people who will carry my name, which sounds like family, Yeah, which is really cool. So God wants a people group that he wants as family that, that look clearly different. He even says it in the Bible that look different from all the other pagan nations around. Right. And so a lot of those laws that you read in the 613 laws have to do with, I want you to look different. I want you to act different. I want you to do things different than all the other pagan nations around you. Mm-hmm. And really they need that kind of instructions because they just spent 400 years in this pagan nation in, in Egypt. Right. And so they have all the laws, but the thing is over the years and even, you know, even in current day, 
The problem with how you look at the law is if you if you just look at it as a bunch of rules to uh, check the box, check the box, and then maybe God will love you and maybe God will accept you. That's not how it works. So the law was given, but Jesus comes along and he says, I didn't come to abolish or get rid of the law, but to fulfill it and to show you the better way. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying that you have to look at the intent of the law. And if you look at all those, those 600 laws, a lot of them had to do with operating in love for God and love for others. It all, a lot of them had the intent behind it has to do with love. And so Jesus comes along and he explains the why of the law. So, it, for example, like let's just say he talks, Jesus talks about uh, adultery. Um, you shouldn't perform adultery, which is really just cheating on your spouse. Right. But he didn't address pornography. So when Jesus declared that lust was a violation of the commandment, he's, he's, he's telling them the true intent of the law. Mm. And so he was, he's teaching them the better way of fulfilling the law. So in other words, like in current day, uh, maybe a current day example would be like a pastor preaching that it's okay to cheat on your taxes as long as you give the money to the church. Ooh, yeah. So he's not telling them the right intent of the law. Yeah. And you know, that way it's it's a falsehood and the people are not being taught how to live. So the law is really there to reflect the the heart motives, but we weren't getting that. But yes. the people weren't So they're just looking at, that. I think another example is like the outside of the cup. Yeah. And so they're doing all these external things, but it's not changing what's going on on the inside of them because they're missing the intent of it. Meaning that you can clean the outside of the cup all day long, but if you still have dirty water or dirty something in there or the inside's dirty and dusty and gross like it doesn't change anything and so if they look at the law like hey like and even like if we in current days do this if we look at the law like what can i get away with yeah then you're missing the whole point what's the loophole or yeah Yeah. so that's kind of like the big giant picture of what's going on yeah i think that sometimes that we just i mean if you read over especially in the old testament you read over those laws and if you don't have the right mindset behind it you can start, I mean, it just puts all kinds of accusations against God that I just think we want to be careful to not do because that's not the point. So the whole point of even having this part of the discussion is so that all of us will be able to look at the law and read the Old Testament with that story of knowing knowing God's character and mm-hmm. love and knowing that the point was that it reflects our heart, that he's not just after the checkbox checkbox thing thing and he's not just after going through the motions but he's really concerned about the intentions of the heart that it's just way deeper than that yeah and in the you know elsewhere in the new testament it said that jesus knew the human heart is inherently evil yeah and that's important because even if you look at the law and go beyond the checkbox thing and you want to like try to do it from a better motive, a better heart motive, it's still really hard without Jesus. Right. And so you like to, when you accept Christ, you should be surrendering to him and surrendering everything about yourself to him, giving him your heart so that he can totally change you on the inside. Mm. And he's the one who can change that, that evil human heart into something that's good and pure because that's who he is. It's, it's carrying him in our heart. And the, everything about Jesus is about love and how he defines love. Yeah. And so when we surrender ourselves to him and we want to live our lives like he did, then Jesus, when you see him in the New Testament, he did everything to fulfill the law 
as like it came naturally because he's doing things out of love. Yeah. And so if we do the same thing, then we're going to naturally fulfill those Old Testament laws. Yes. Without all the work and effort, because you're doing things from from love of God, loving him, wanting to obey him and loving others around us. And so that's what I like the first this first chunk of text, because you have Paul basically saying, like, I'm not it's doesn't do any good to just run around and preach religion. Like, because of that, because it doesn't fulfill, you know, like, we know that we can't fulfill that in our actions because we still have the heart issue. Right. And so what he's saying is, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not going to run around and preach this. And you're arguing about, you might be arguing about whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised. And internally, you still have hate in your heart or anger. So you can argue about those external things all day long. But until that's right, none of that's even going to matter. But... If that is right, then everything else will fall into place. Right. So like if the heart is right and if the spirit is right, then that will fulfill it. Yes, exactly. So that's so good. And so then after that, I mean, I'm glad that we got a little bit of grounding with that before we move on to the second half of the text. Yeah. But let's do that. Let's go ahead and look at the second half. And so first, I'll just go ahead and read verses 13 through 18. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Which is kind of what we just said. I mean, verse 14 right there for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's not that we, that then, like you said, Jesus didn't do away with the law, but he fulfilled it. Mm -hmm. And when we love our neighbor as ourself, what we're doing is we're fulfilling the law. Mm -hmm. We're fulfilling all of those rules and things, but it's from a heart check, not just here's what I'm going to try to do and hope it's right. Yeah. And then the thing is, the beauty of it is that like, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to love that person in front of you, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Yes. So Jesus has set up this way because he's He's all for us and he wants us to succeed, you know? Yeah. And that's where I really want us, like, to look at it is from that place of living by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so... This is what that whole verses 13 through 18 are talking about. I mean, they're hitting on how we are supposed to live like that. We're supposed to live by the Spirit. And we see here how clear it is that really the wants and the desires of our flesh are almost like the exact opposite of those of the Spirit. Like it says that it's in constant conflict, right? And the life of the flesh is the one that that is selfish and self-seeking, and all about you and what can you get and your own self-promotion and your own whatever, self-protection. But life by the Spirit is always others-oriented and is grounded in love. And it serves others in love. And so I know that we're just hitting on this part a little bit briefly. 
whenever this actually could probably be its whole own episode entirely, a life by the spirit, which mm-hmm. might be a great idea. Yeah. But, um, I just really want to, wanted to get that in us that life by the spirit looks different in it. And life by the spirit is what is, what produces the evidence that we have Jesus and that we've been quite frankly saved. I mean, because whenever we have Jesus and we start to live different or look different or respond differently and respond in love and respond with the fruit, that isn't, that's miraculous. Like that's something far different than what the world is doing or what people who aren't in Christ are doing. And it's like our version of, of looking like the people set apart. The Mm -hmm. fruit of the spirit is what how we are in God's family looking different and operating different and set apart for him and his family. Kind of like how you said in the beginning, like, which is different than the pagan yeah. things that we have going around even in the world today. And I think too, that like, even when I was a little kid or even as a teenager, like I always wanted to blend in and I wanted to be accepted by my friends kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it took a long time for me to realize that Jesus doesn't want us to look like everyone else. He yep. wants us to look like him. And that may, may be different than our friends and maybe making different choices than our friends. And so he wants us to be clearly look different. Now that doesn't mean that we're supposed to like just ostracize everybody and or judge and condemn. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, cloister yourself off in some cave somewhere and live as a hermit. You know. Right. I mean, we're supposed to be, we're a, a social being and we're supposed to be in community and supposed to be in with other people. But it's just like you said, to live by the spirit so that we look like Jesus. And yeah. it may be that we intentionally don't look like our, our friends, you know? Yes. And that's how we're called. We're called to live that way. And we're called to be, to be free to live by the spirit. And, and I think then in the next verses, it gets into like, the difference, you know, so like, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to touch on that. Let's just go ahead and go there. So will you read verses 19 through 26? And this, I mean, this talks about like, this is going to show us what it looks like to live life by the flesh. Okay. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is wild. Like, (laughs) if you just look at the differences between life by the flesh and life by the Spirit, I mean, you just get this huge contrast to where the life of the flesh will lead you versus where the life of the Spirit will lead you. Yeah. And when the flesh is at work in you or whenever you haven't um, submitted your your mind and your desires like to the spirit and you've just decided to go ahead and live in the flesh, like it's just gross. Like all of those that hatred and discord and mm-hmm. chaos, like it's just yuck. And I especially love um, in the message translation, all of this because it goes into detail and breaks down a little bit more about what we 
get whenever we choose to be ruled by our flesh uh-huh. or when we try to make ourselves the one in control or become our own gods and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I'm just going to read. I like I like it in the message, just, just the part about the flesh. Okay. Um, but it says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. I mean, this was highly convicting wow, that's, for me. That's way good wording right there. Right. Get your own way the whole time. The kind of life that develops, which is living out of the flesh, what this, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival." uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. Wow. Like, what? How gross is that? Yeah. And, like, this is where the flesh leads us. And isn't this true? Like, if we would all take a step back and think about our lives before truly knowing Jesus in relationship and before truly having the Holy Spirit, like, can't we see where this led us? It was horrible. It leads us straight into destruction. And I know, like on a personal note, that when I lived my life by the flesh, I was absolutely miserable. But you thought that was like, you you thought that was the truth. That was the right. only but thing, to, you know? But to think that it doesn't have to be that way. Like yeah. I lived in, in broken relationships and I couldn't get along with people or I thought everyone was out to get me. That paranoid loneliness. Yeah. Like, just hits, like, straight on. And I was lonely and fearful and angry. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. And it's like, I thought that that was just how it had to be forever, that everyone felt like this. Or this is just it. And it wasn't until I met a group of people, by the way, that's you guys, yeah. like the No Boundaries team, when I was really like, oh, my gosh, there are people out here that have real joy and real peace, and they really love people, like, freely, and they, they're they not offended at all the things that I seem to be very offended about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it looked like freedom, actually, because there was real, there was real joy and commitment to each other uh-huh. that I'd never experienced before. Yeah. And so I was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, obviously, now I've been here for five years, mm-hmm. but I'm like... Because they're living life by the Spirit. They have Jesus. They know Him. They're in relationship. And it caused you to question. Right. And it made me... And that's a good thing. And it does. It made me step back and think, who are these people? And what do they have that I don't? Mm -hmm. And it's attractive. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. people walking in the fruit of the Spirit, are they're attractive to people who have only known chaos and destruction. Like, or who feel stuck in sinful thought patterns or toxic behavior patterns. It it feels stuck. Mm -hmm. So to see a community that could so openly love, that was absolutely mind boggling or that would do things just because like who wants to go out and feed people like no boundaries does like (laughs) why? Because they've been fed like spirits. I'm talking like in the spirit, but then they'll go out and they'll hand out physically sandwiches or meet people's needs. And it was vastly different 
than anything I'd experienced. And two, I, I don't, I don't, this is not trying to be a an advertisement for No Boundaries. I think, and Molly would probably agree with me. I mean, it's just that, like, what we do as believers and the and the fruit that we exhibit, the choices that we make matters. Yeah. Because people are watching. People are watching. And, you know, just as life goes on, you're going to interact with people. Yeah. And so a lot of what you described, um, I'm sure it was multiple, multiple encounters again and again. It wasn't just like a one-time thing, but... Right. And so, like, all that to say for the people listening is everything matters, Mm -hmm. how you live your life, because people do see and you will impact people. And so then the question becomes, how, you know, what kind of impact am I making on people? What kind of fruit am I throwing their way? And if you live your life like the the part you just read in the message, then the fruit you're going to have is not going to be so good, you know? Right. But but you're going to give out fruit... I mean, everybody gives off fruit. And so what kind of fruit is it, you know? Yeah. Because you're going to interact with people. And that's, I like, I like that you brought that up, that it wasn't just like a one encounter thing. It was like, I think that I, I was doing stuff here for six months before I really uh, bought in. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just true. But I mean, I was here every time that I was invited to something. (laughs) Yeah. And was invited like to everything all the time. It felt like. And so I was in this moment where I was saying yes to every invitation that I believed was from God. And so I just kept showing up to whatever you guys were doing. And then over time, I mean, this was a six month period where it was, it wasn't just like, I mean, you were always joyful or you (laughs) always were optimistic about something or when things would break down or go wrong, like there was still good fruit being Uh exhibited when I know even inside of me, I was like, I'd be so mad right now if that was happening to me. I was like, how are they just like going about their lives whenever things are falling apart left and right? Yeah. Or whenever this person didn't follow through with something or when in the middle of disappointment, like you still had love and a real joy, Mm -hmm. not like a fake, like, yeah, I'm fine. Hi. But it was a real deep that you can't fake that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But knowing also, like, you guys had to choose it. Like, you yeah. had to choose. It that wasn't, is true. That's an everyday choice. Thing. It wasn't a magic wand of, like, now you have Jesus, so suddenly you're great. Yeah. It's like, in the moment, you get the opportunity to either go by the flesh, which we just read produces all that yuck, mm-hmm. or to s- repent and do whatever you need to do and submit your flesh to the authority of the spirit living inside of you and then let him live out his life through you. Mm -hmm. And that's a real choice. You get to partner in that. And that's still an everyday sort of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because like, if you're really walking with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be moments, even as like, as, as believers, we've been walking with following Jesus for quite a while. You're still going to have those times when you get the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Hey, you didn't love that person very well or um, mm. like, you know, you, that, is that a little bit of jealousy that you have? You still have those uh, those moments of conviction where you need to repent and and give that over to Christ. And so you just you just get those choices that you're talking about. You still get them every day. Yeah. And so you get the choices, but it's still not like something that you have to try to like muster up. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. So like you get the choices to submit, but then it's not then it's by the work of the spirit. Like the spirit is the one that allows us to even to be able to produce the fruit of the spirit. Yes, uh-huh. Like the spirit living in us is what produces. So again, it's not something that we just try 
that we're trying really hard to do. Like, I must be patient. I must right. love. I must. Right. Like, that's not it either. That's kind of going back into, like, the law. Yeah, do the you know what I mean? Stuff, uh-huh. And so that's where, I mean, that's where religion gets us is just trying to be good and to do good all our, all on our own to earn our own place in the kingdom of heaven. But that's not what it, you know, that's not how it works. Yeah. And so there's kind of this like line of it's really in, it's only really in full surrender Mm -hmm. that these things happen. So Mm -hmm. it can't be, it's one, not a magic wand that just happens when suddenly you receive Jesus. And then it's also Two, not something that you can produce on your own. Right. And so and that like is That's kind of hard to yeah. like get that in your mind because I'm such a like, okay, how can I, man, how can I be so patient today? And I'm going to have really good <laughs> thoughts and I'm going to be so kind, you know? Yeah. But that's not it. But whenever you try to partner with God's heart for people or heart for situations, like that's what changes things because that's what he's after. So you just... Keeping your your focus and your eye on yes. Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to offer a practical tip yeah. is like whenever you're in it and you know that you can't muster anything up and you also know that it's not a magic wand, if you start looking like in every circumstance, God, what's your heart for this person that's irritating me? Like, <laughs> and how do you see this situation yeah. as a whole? And yes. can I hear your heart for me in this and for them? Like, it will shift your perspective. Mm-hmm. And then if you genuinely say, like, I submit my flesh, like, that's not a good thought. Lord, will you take it? Yeah. Or like, here it is. Like, sh- then give me something different. So far, he's always has. Yeah. Like, so far, he's always changed my perspective every single time if I'll submit and uh-huh. ask. Yeah. So I both think that's a really, really good point, Molly. And so it's really fun, especially at No Boundaries. I love teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. Because during our, um, even in our journey of restoration CPR class, like sometimes whenever we talk about the fruit of the spirit, we use the example of saying like, okay, so if you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Uh, orange juice. Yes. And if you squeeze an apple, what comes out? Apple juice. So when you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? Christian juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, our friends in Africa always told us. Christian juice. Christian juice. And so it's, re- yeah, it's really fun teaching this one in Africa. <laughs> but Otherwise, this would be known as the fruit of the spirit. Uh-huh. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like that's how we kind of like give it a good visual. But it's so true because a fruit will produce whatever um, is inside of it. Like whatever's inside the fruit in general is what's going to come out of it. And so under pressure, when a fruit is squeezed, whatever's in it will ooze out. And as followers of Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, then whenever we're pressed on or we're squeezed or things get hard or the pressures of life start, you know, closing in on you, like the thing that should come out would then be the fruit of the Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit's in you, then that's what's going to be oozing out of you. And Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 is so clear about what that fruit looks like and what it tastes like. Like, it's just right there. Like, if you're under pressure and things are hard and people are irritating you, man, goodness, (laughs) kindness, gentleness, patience, goodness and patience, or gentleness and patience are not my, those are the ones that... That challenge you. That challenge me. Uh But that we have because we have the fruit. Like, do you know what I mean? So we can do it because we have the Holy Spirit. We can do it because we have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But 
I just mean, so whatever it is that's inside of you, if you're feeding yourself negative thoughts, or if you have offense in your heart, or if you've let anger and unforgiveness come take its place within you, you're going to have that kind of fruit too. Then that's the fruit that's going to come out. Yeah. Then under pressure, whenever you're squeezed, because that's inside of you, whenever you're squeezed, something will come out. Mm -hmm. And if you're not consecrated, or if your mind isn't consecrated with Christ's mind, or your spirit isn't you know, in line, then that same situation, you're going to yell, you're mm-hmm. going to scream, you're going to throw a fit, you're going to slam doors, you're going to cuss them out, you're going to punch them in the face. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But because whatever your old default was, right? So whatever you're feeding yourself or whatever you're allowing yourself to, to whirl with or think on, especially regarding judgments against other people, like, and I only, you can ask me how I know this so well. <laughs> and it's only because I've seen it, I've lived it, I've done it. Do mm-hmm. you know? And we all have. Yeah. And we all get the opportunity to not. So when someone is rude to us, though, and we're like, so if someone's rude to us and we've been filled with the Spirit and we end up being gentle back, like, what happens then? Like, it, the the fight stops. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it de-escalates the situation It because it goes so against the flesh. So if you have someone that's freaking out on you and you start responding with the fruit of the spirit and if you start saying like, man, I wonder how I can love them or bless them in the middle of the chaos or they're saying something offhanded mm-hmm. to me, but I'm not going to let myself be offended. I'm going to be filled up more with Jesus. Yeah. And then I'm kind. Because you had said earlier, like, Jesus, give me your perspective of that person. Right. And but it, what it does is it just... Like the enemy doesn't have a foothold in that anymore. Like it's not working. It's like every time someone's mean to this girl, she blesses Jesus Mm -hmm. and blesses them and is advancing the kingdom because of it. Mm -hmm. And so like one of my, um, one of my mentors, she calls it a fruit fight. (laughs) Isn't that funny? A fruit fight. She calls it a fruit fight. Okay. One time we were in the, um, Chick-fil-A drive-thru and I was with one of our teammates we're in the drive-thru and she pulls up and just this one lady was just freaking out in her car. I mean, just like yelling at us. You like, mean like in front of you? Yes. Oh, okay. Like we had blocked a little bit of the pull around okay. and not on purpose, but like the line was wrapped. Uh-huh. And so we, and we were like, when we realized it, we're like, oh no, we've blocked this. Like, this is horrible. Like we felt bad about it. You know what I mean? And so we're going, but she's like rolled on her window and she's just screaming. Like, just full on trying to get us. Oh. (laughs) And, like, how dumb we are. And I won't use all the words on here that she used. (laughs) But she was just so upset. And I could feel, even in me, I was getting angry. And I kind of go in protect mode Uh over our our team. And I'm like, you don't know her. Like, she didn't try. Like, I'm trying in my head. You're getting all defensive. In my head and in my heart, I started getting defensive. Yeah. And I started being offended. And I was just angry. I could feel myself getting so angry. And, listen, then we go and we're in the drive-thru and she's in the car behind us now in the drive-thru and we go up to the thing and I'm like, man, Jesus, I'm angry. And he's like, do you want to bless her instead? Like you have no, like she said, what if you have no idea what kind of day she's had? Mm-hmm. You have no idea what her life is like. Like, and haven't you ever been there? Haven't you ever been there where you've been so worked up and then just one little thing just set you off? Like, can you just give her some grace uh-huh. and let's bless her? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you want to have a fruit fight? And that's like our code word. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I want to have a fruit fight. 
And so then we go up there and I'm like, okay, let's order our food. And we'd also like a $15 gift card. And we want you to give it to the lady behind us. Okay. That's and cool. So we go through and you can see, like we can kind of see in our rear mirror, you could just see her face whenever they gave it to her. She's like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm like, that was goodness uh-huh. and faithfulness and gentleness that when we were squeezed, that's what came out. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know that her like, I just yelled at these people and I and they're blessing me with a $15 gift card. Yeah. Like, what does that do? And I'm thinking in the spirit, like what's happening in the spiritual realm is that the enemy no longer has a foothold in me or in her. Uh-huh. Because like, if we'll partner with it, then we're released from that. And we can actually live life how we're called to. Yeah. And I think, too, I've heard other people say that, um, like, you know, you had a choice in the line there, in the drive through line, that when you started realizing you were, your blood pressure is climbing up there and you're starting yes. to get mad and that sort of stuff. And you, I mean, the, the route you could have taken with that is like, um, gosh, Jesus, I'm not doing this thing very well. You know, forgive me. I'm. I'm a horrible person that I think like that and just kind of wallow in it, you know. Right, and condemn myself and condemn for yourself. But it. the thing is, is you did the smart thing and you just pressed delete on that. Um, you know, had the conversation with Jesus about it, press delete, and then move on instead of just wallowing in it. And then you did the yes. smart thing of doing the opposite of that, whatever that fleshly thing was, and uh, really made a probably a pretty bold witness for the lady behind you, you know, have so a fruit was, fight, a fruit fight. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I release over the listeners. Also then that red flag or little thing that goes off in your head when Jesus will say you want to have a fruit fight because <laughs> it works. Yeah. So like being then even being kind of a people that operate even by the spirit is miraculous, like because it shows the character of God. Like when we behave, when the fruit of the spirit when i'm in the drive through and we're and we behave in a different way that's in love and joy and peace and all the fruit like we truly then are a people that are reflecting his image yeah. because that's who he is he is all of those things it's not that he has love it's that he he is, he love. is love it's yeah. not that he has patience it's that he is patient mm-hmm. like there it's just who he is yeah and it reflects then what we're called to reflect and a life by the spirit then helps lead people to Christ because it truly shows them who he is. Mm -hmm. So you're not just telling a group of people about God, Mm -hmm. but you're showing them God. Yeah. And that's a vastly, that's the only thing that's what changed me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Was seeing a group of Uh people that reflected God and showed me God. They didn't just tell me about him Mm -hmm. and it really truly transformed hearts. But like when we encounter people, who love each other and operate in kindness and do things even whenever it doesn't make sense. Like that is absolutely wild. And we can do all of, you know, we can do all the other things as well. Like the things that we're called to do in the great commission. Right. Uh So like we're supposed to go and make disciples and we're supposed to preach and we're supposed to lay our hands on the sick. And it says that we'll walk in miracles and power and authority. Right. Mm -hmm. And like we can do all of those things, but if we don't have the fruit, with it, yeah, then it's then it's pointless. It's pointless. Yep. And so, like, and if we we want to see the miracles, of course we do, and we want to lay our hands on the sick, and we want to preach, and we want to make disciples. But if we're going through those motions, and we're not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, we've missed it. Mm-hmm. We've missed all of it. Yeah, we've missed the point because then we still have hardened hearts. Yeah, and then people will will leave people with a bad taste in their mouths about who Jesus is whenever we ha- if we haven't represented him well. 
And it's just true. So I'm going to read. It's a Strawn Coleman quote, and it's out of, he's out of New Zealand. He's an author out of New Zealand. And this is from his book called Beholding. Okay. And it's so good. But he talks about the fruit of the spirit and his kind of life on what it meant to be around people who exhibited the fruit. So he says, Beholding by Strawn Coleman. The fruit of love is a far more precious resource than the giftedness of man. In those years, in my early 20s, when I was bursting into my faith with a burning hot first fervor, many of my friends and I wanted to see the miracles of the New Testament. I still do. But as the years have passed and that first fervor has given birth to a deeper and more persistent and admiring second love, I've come to see that kindness is a miracle self-control, a shocking characteristic, gentleness and humility, rare commodities, and Christian unity, almost worthy of greater awe than dead raising. We were looking for the grand stuff, but surprisingly, the little stuff was harder to come by. In the end, it wasn't for a lack of charisma and miracles that many of my peers left the faith. It was their pain and shock at the rarity of these humble fruits of the Spirit in the leaders and communities they belong to. They left because they were longing for a love that actually changes things, changes people, and they didn't feel like they were finding it in their churches. Miracles, gifted experiences, and charismatic personalities, as it turns out, aren't enough. (laughs) What? Wow. Like, what? Charismatic personalities and giftedness, it it isn't enough. It only goes so far. More than dead, right? Unity in the church yeah. is a, a more it causes him to be more awe than dead raising. Yeah, and I was like, Strong, that's kind of a hard like thing to say. Uh-huh. But then whenever I really stepped back and thought about it, I was like, Yeah, because when God raises it, that's by His name and His power and His, you know, all the things that He's doing. But whenever we as humans partner with the Spirit and letting the Spirit do its work. Like what we're saying is God, even in the middle of this chaotic world and in the middle of all the things coming against us and in the middle of evil and living on this side of eternity, I'm still going to choose you and walk by the spirit, even though all of this is going on. Yeah. Because in eternity and when we're in our full and full kingdom of God, full heaven, like we're not going to have, we're not going to struggle to do this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have the fruit because we're we're in awe of Jesus 24-7. But like, here right now, we can still choose that. And it's really only on this side of eternity that we get to choose to walk in the fruit and by the power of the Spirit and stand in awe of God and, and operate and show people who He is and what He looks like. Like, it's that's miraculous. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. That's Sandy, really what do you good. Think? That's amazing. Yeah. I totally agree, and it sounds like he's had a life experience. I mean, a lot of life is experience, and he's seen things from from the pre-believing stage to now he's a believer on the other side of it. So, yeah. no, that's really good. Um, like the whole fruit of the Spirit, it's just it's kind of just exactly how you described your own personal testimony that how the actions of love really spoke to you yeah. and moved you to make a huge life change of, of giving your life to Christ. So... It's just super impactful, the whole fruit thing. Because if you have the people that, I mean, we're all in danger at this at some point in our lives where yeah. we've done we've done the big stupid or we've messed, we've missed it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But like, I know if we go out 
and we and we're on like even at no boundaries if we're out and we're on outreach and we're praying for people or we're feeding people but then we go home and we're yelling at each yeah, other yeah that's not authentic like that's not real uh-uh has and, to be authentic and from, it, yeah and people will see that and so if people see that kind of dichotomy in our lives where you have like behind closed doors you're you know you're angry and you're mm-hmm. bitter and you're offended and you can't get along with people or you're whirling with thoughts and and other toxic patterns, but then you go out and you minister something else like that's like a, whoa, yeah. Like I'm getting hot thinking about it. Like that's just <laughs> dangerous. It's just dangerous. Yeah. And it's dangerous to the people who are watching you mm-hmm. because then if they're seeing two different people, then it, what happens is people leave Yeah, because they're thinking, is that what Jesus is like? Yeah. That- why would I want to follow Jesus if he looks like that? Right. Or yeah. if if clearly it hasn't actually helped this person who still seems to be whirling or still angry and not in perfection, right? right we right, all right. have like, so don't hear perfection, but just that everything, that we do everything in our power to get to Jesus faster mm-hmm. with whatever's hindering us mm-hmm. or whatever is causing us to be separated from him. So... With that, Sandy, do you have any final parting thoughts? No, I, I think you've described it well. I think, especially your last comment there, it's Jesus does say be perfect like their father is perfect. But the thing is, it's not this uh, condemning thing where, oh, you made a mistake and now you're out of here. You know? Right. <laughs> There's just the grace and the love of Christ is, I mean, he knows us. He knows we're weak and he knows we make mistakes and he's still there and he still loves us. He doesn't love us any less when we make the mistakes and... And just by his beauty and his kindness, he forgives us. I mean, we have to do our part, which is mm-hmm. as repent and ask, you know, repent and put our eyes back on him so that we remember what he looks like. Ah, oh, Jesus, that, there you are. And, yeah. And uh, and so he forgives us and he just, he loves us and he empowers us to look more like him every day, you know? Yeah. So I think you described it very well. So good. Okay. Well, then here's what I'm hearing. If we're in a place where you can just reflect and ask Jesus if there's any areas of your life that you're not reflecting his image or that you don't have the fruit and not in shame and condemnation, but in freedom with the fullness of love that you would just repent and ask Jesus to help you. And we all struggle with this, every single one of us. And that really that we would look like a people who are different. So Jesus, I just thank you for every listener. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And Jesus, I ask that you reveal to them your truth about who you are and who they are in you. That any of those things that don't look like the fruit of the Spirit aren't right and it's just hindering them from from being able to experience the fullness of your love. And so God, just will you lovingly just reveal to them just areas in their life that just might need a little bit of a fruit fight. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus, that we truly, as the body of Christ, would look like the body of Christ. Jesus, that we would reflect your image, that we would carry the fruit all the time in every environment that we go into. And the people would look at our lives and be like, wow, what they have is different and I want it. And so, God, we thank you for every single listener. We ask that you continue to bless them and show them who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.